Kyle Wright continues to show progress as he works his way back from injury. We'll talk about that and also look at the postseason roster battles to watch over the last couple of weeks of the season. We'll discuss all that on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out the podcast there at Lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Always enjoy hearing from you, the listener, and let me know how I can make this show the best that it can be for you. Make sure if you're new that you subscribe over on YouTube. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button as well on this video to help support the show. And thanks so much for all your support that you give me here at Lockdown Braves, making this your first listen of each and every day. I want to give a shout out to Brumley Gap, Balefire, which are you a Will of Time fan? I don't know. I've been reading those books here lately. Uh, Dale Hahn, Wing Buster, recent subscriber, is now an everydayer. Thank you so much for that. And Charles Estes in Atlanta. Thank you for letting me know that you are an everydayer of this podcast and all the support you give me here at Locked On Braves. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On today's podcast, we're going to recap Monday's game, talk about Kyle Wright's performance. Is he getting you know, closer? What's his role going to be in the postseason? We'll discuss all of that. But we're going to spend a lot of time today's episode looking at the postseason roster battles here down the stretch and who can win those jobs. Who's, you know, what jobs are up for grab? We'll discuss all of that and then look towards Tuesday's game where hopefully the Braves are going to end this little losing streak that they're on. Before we do that, though, this episode's also brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. All right, let's get into Monday's recap. Another ugly loss, 7-1. to one. I told you yesterday's podcast, for me, I'm treating this like spring training. I'm trying not to focus on the results. I'm not saying that that's easy. I certainly don't like losing, even if it doesn't mean a whole lot. Um, but I'm trying to treat these like spring training. Braves are going to get their wins. They're going to you know, get their numbers. But that's not really what's most important right now. What's most important is figuring out these last couple of roster spots, which we're going to talk about today, and keeping everyone healthy more than anything. Keeping everyone healthy is of the utmost important these last couple of weeks. Now, I know the home field advantage thing is up for grabs, and Dodgers and Orioles both made some ground in that department on Monday. But again, for me, it's it's to me, it's more important to have everybody healthy and ready to go for the postseason than getting that home field advantage. So that, to me, is the biggest key here down the stretch. That being said, some of these losses are pretty ugly, and that's you know kind of a hard pill to swallow. It's not like they're just getting beat. They're getting embarrassed in a lot of these games by their division rivals who are fighting for a postseason spot. So while you would like to hope that that competitive edge is maintained there and they try to, to knock some of their division rivals out, that's just not happening at the moment. And so that is a little uh, disheartening uh, to see, but again, 
Treat it like spring training. Don't really look at the results. Look at keeping your main, your main guys healthy and then watching some of these roster battles. Um, and also keep in mind, during this four-game stretch, the Braves started Bryce Elder, who, as I said yesterday, I didn't think he threw all that poorly. Defense kind of let him down, and he had a lead when he left the game. You threw Jared Schuster, a guy that's not going to be pitching in the postseason for you. You threw Charlie Morton, who you know ran into four straight singles and then a grand slam. Uh, just had a really bad inning, not making excuses. He's not good, but Charlie Morton is what he is at this point. He's capable of going out there and dominating for six, seven innings, or he's capable of going out there and giving up a four or five spot in four or five innings. That's just who he is. Uh, it's been inconsistent in the last two years, but when he's on, he's still one of the better pitchers in all baseball. You just got to hope he's on when he starts in the postseason. And then they, you know, through a rehabbing Kyle Wright, and they did all that against teams that are fighting for postseason position right now. So keep that into you know, perspective, you didn't throw Strider. You didn't throw Freed in any of these games. Now Strider's going on Tuesday. We'll talk about that later. And hopefully you're going to see a little bit better fight in that game. But it's not like the Braves are, you know, throwing out a lot of their best arms in this one. And some of these games, you know, are getting so out of hand that you're bringing in the Tonkins of the world. There's no offense to Tonkin who's had some good moments this year. It's just you're not seeing the Braves necessarily, I guess, go for it in these games with the way that they're lining up. They're pitching, giving guys extra rest. You know, Strider got extra rest the other week with a, an illness that he had. Uh, Freed's getting extra rest right now because of, of a blister. I think Charlie Borton needs some extra rest. They need to push him back for his next start. He clearly looked like he was running out of gas in his last start. So uh, I think that would be good as well. Again, getting these guys rested and healthy is the most important thing at the moment. The most important thing for Kyle Wright, though, is to prove that he deserves a spot on this postseason roster and that he has – a role on the postseason team. And I think Monday night start, while not great, you saw, you know, steps forward. You saw progress. Four plus innings. So he got that up down for a fifth time, went back out for the fifth inning, didn't record an out, gave up a, a hit to Trey Turner and then a walk of Bryce Harper before getting lifted through 78 pitches, which is good progress. Again, this is a guy that's not even stretched out yet. I mean, this is a guy that should still be at Gwinnett rehabbing, getting stretched out. But instead, he's up at the big league level because the Braves want to see what they have in him and if they can trust him. But four-plus innings, five hits, four walks, four earned runs, five strikeouts, gave up three home runs, and that was really the big one here. And you look at those home runs and the pitches that were hit out, I mean, two of them were not bad pitches. They were really good swings. One of them you know, barely got out. One of them was hit by Bryce Harper, who's just an MVP, amazing player. I mean, it was a backdoor, perfectly placed curveball, and Bryce Harper is just a really good hitter. Um, but uh, there was progress in this one. Six whiffs on 14 swings against that curveball. To me, that's a pitch that seems to be working for him at the moment. What's not working is the sinker. That seems to be the problem for him right now, and it still has good movement on it. It's just the inconsistency in location right now, a big drop in velocity, which, again, he's still – he's been off for four months. He's trying to build back up to that, so – He's just not there with it yet, and he's not getting the consistency on that sinker or really the four-seam fastball either. And at least in this start, it, it doesn't seem like he trusts that changeup and slider at all right now. And this is the this is the problem um, with somewhat rushing him back. And Braves were, again, kind of painted into back themselves into a corner here because they wanted to see what they had in Kyle Wright before the postseason and give him you know ample opportunities at the big league level. 
you know, they also had some other injuries and stuff going on in the rotation that kind of forced their hand to bring Kyle right up when they did. But if he were still at AAA, getting stretched out, building up his stamina, working his way back, you would throw that change up. You would throw that slider regardless because you want to get a better feel for it. And those, those aren't his most, you know, used pitches. And there's some starts he's just not going to use them a lot. He threw one slider last night, though. It's just he he doesn't have the opportunity to work on those pitches to get to a point where he does trust them. So right now he's just going with what he feels like he does trust. And it's made him primarily a two-pitch pitcher. I mean, technically he's throwing a sinker and a four-seamer, but you know they're both fastballs, but he's throwing curveball, sinker, four-seam. And that's what he's throwing right now. And it's making him a lot more predictable, I think. Uh, and it may be, you know, the case of him just he's going to go to the bullpen and see if he can get through a lineup, you know, one or two times coming out of the bullpen if he needs to. If, you know, a starter has a short outing, gets injured, whatever it may be. I think that's going to be the ultimate role here for Kyle Wright. But it's just again, I think it's a side effect of this problem that the Braves were backed into of bringing him up early. So he doesn't have an opportunity to work on those other pitches in a you know, non-stress-free environment or a stress-free environment um, at the minor league level where results, you know, really don't matter. Um, so I think that's part of the issue here, too. He wants the results. You know, he talked about it after the game. He's just going with what he trusts right now and trying to find out what he does trust. And I think it's right now it's just the curveball, and I think he's trying to get the, the trust in his sinker. But it's just he doesn't have his full allotment of pitches. And, again, I, I think he's just running – out of time. I just don't know that there's enough time left for him to prove that he can be trusted to start a game in the postseason. Now, if the Braves had to, I think they certainly would, but I just don't think there's enough time for him to get the trust in the pitches that you need to say that you feel comfortable starting him in a postseason game. I think ultimately his role is going to be out of the bullpen, and I think that could be a great role for him. Look, that's what he did in the World Series in 2021. I mean, Came into the first inning, so it felt like it was a start, but he did come on in relief of Dylan Lee in that first inning and, and pitched a great game in that World Series to help the Braves win. So could be a crucial role for the Braves, um, but want to see him, you know, he's going to get two more starts. So want to see him continue to take steps forward and prove that he can be trusted in the postseason because I think that could be a pivotal role for him and the Braves and that pitching staff. Not much offense in this one either. This one wasn't solely on the pitching. Of course, when you go up seven runs pretty early in the game, kind of devastating. Zach Wheeler is also still really good. I know the Braves got to him last time, but he's obviously still a really good pitcher. He retired 15 of the first 17 batters, allowing just a home run and a walk through the first five innings. Braves just could not get anything going against him. Their only chance was, you know, they had bases loaded, two outs in the sixth but Azuna struck out on a really good sweeper away. I mean, the game was 7-1 to one at that point, so even if Ozuna gets a hit, you're still you know, not really back in the game, but that was the only opportunity they had. If you want to look at a silver lining here, they did manage to work Zach Wheeler a good bit, got him up to 99 pitches in six innings, and had the game been close, maybe you get him out of there and you take a chance against that bullpen when three innings left, but Braves really didn't do much against that bullpen either as they couldn't get any more runs across. Acuna was back. That was the best news from Monday. He was back, made some hard contact in his return, and got a double off Wheeler. A ball hit 111 miles per hour. He also made a pretty good running catch. So good to see him back to full strength. And Mark Bowman reported, you know, Snickers saying that they just wanted to get him off his feet, didn't want to put him back on that turf in Miami where, you know, he had the bad injury 
couple of years ago. So that makes a lot of sense. And it sounds like you know, had they been playing anywhere else, had they been playing in games that really counted or mattered, I think he would have been in there. So that's certainly great to hear. And hopefully we'll see Ronald back in there every day. I still think you probably put him in the DH every now and then and get him off his feet. But good to see him back in there and squaring up some baseballs. Hopefully he, again, gets those three more home runs that he needs to get to 40 on the year. Um, but, again, really not much else to talk about from the game on Monday. I mean, Michael Tonkin, he is your garbage man at this point. We'll see if he plays that role on the postseason team or if he had the postseason roster spot. And that's what I want to talk about next. What are those roster those postseason roster battles that we need to be watching here down the stretch. And that's what we'll discuss here next. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. At LinkedIn, this is called the Deep Sales, and they built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash locked on. That is linkedin.com slash locked on for a free 60-day trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash locked on and get started. Braves and the Phillies will meet again on Tuesday night beginning at 7.20 p.m. Eastern. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. All right, I want to spend a good bit of time here in this segment talking about the postseason roster battles. And there's not a lot out there. Um, obviously, you know, as you know with the Braves, you're going to have pretty much your same guys in the lineup each and every day. And I think you have your top four in the rotation pretty settled as well and your top guys in the bullpen but one thing i did want to discuss here and i wrote about this over on bravestoday.com if you want to go check that out but do the braves use a second left-handed reliever uh, and we touched on this a little bit yesterday i think but you have aj mentor and you know he's going to pitch in the seventh and eighth inning seventh or eighth inning you know pretty much regardless of handedness but i think if you know snicker plays it right i think mentor should Probably pitch against the top of the other team's order, especially if they got a lot of tough lefties at the top of that order. I think you need to situate it so AJ pitches whatever inning that is in the seventh or eighth. And not long ago, you thought you'd have AJ Minter, you thought you'd have Brad Hand, who they got at the trade deadline, and you thought you would have Dylan Lee. And the question was, will the Braves carry three left-handed uh, relievers in the postseason? Now it's, do you just carry one? <laughs> Dylan Lee's on the IL; he's done for the year. And Hand hasn't been good outside of two appearances against Philly. Now, you dive into the numbers for Brad Hand since coming over, and the analytics would tell you he's been a little unlucky against lefties with the Braves. Lefties have hit 304 against him in a Braves uniform, but they have a 438 batting average on balls in play. So, again, the metrics that you look at since he joined the Braves would tell you that he's been a bit unlucky, and perhaps he's going to, you know, go back to his career norms at some point. And I think you trust the career numbers over, you know, a small sample size here in Atlanta, but you know, it hasn't looked good in Atlanta. That's for sure. 
And that's certainly something you want to see change here down the stretch. That's why Snicker gave him that opportunity last Friday in Miami where, you know, you probably could have gone Joe Jimenez there to just give him the seventh inning, but you had a spot with the lefty up and two outs. So you bring in Brad Hand, but he doesn't get the guy out, and then he has to face some righties, and that's where things unravel. And I think that's the big issue right now with trusting Brad Hand is you bring him in on a two-out situation to face a lefty, he doesn't get him, and then he has to face a righty, and righties absolutely crush him. You know, you bring him in, and you're hoping that you're really counting on him getting that lefty out. If not, you could be in some serious trouble. But I, I do think you kind of trust his career stats more so against lefties than what we've seen in the short sample size here in Atlanta. Braves called up Lucas Litke on Monday. He wasn't good to begin the season. He's been just okay at AAA. Now, he was great. He was fantastic on Monday. Maybe the best pitcher in that game. Or I think he was the best pitcher uh, the Braves threw in that game. He was really good. Now, do you trust that, or do you trust what you've seen for the most part this season? So we'll see if he gets a longer look. Maybe he gets a couple of more opportunities to see what he can do against lefties here down the stretch. The way the Braves are kind of using that spot right now, he could be demoted today. Uh, for all we know, for another arm after you pitch two innings on Monday. But he looked really good. That curveball really had some Phillies hitters off balance in that one. So, again, we'll see if he gets another opportunity. I, I still think Hand makes the postseason roster. Maybe you use him in a close game where you're either down a run or two or maybe a game's tied in the fifth, sixth, seventh innings to try to get a tough lefty out or you got an inning where a couple of lefties are coming up for the other team and that's the spot where you use Brad Hand. I wouldn't use him how they used him in Miami, where you had a lead in the seventh inning. Again, I would just go to Jimenez and give him that whole seventh inning. But again, you got a game where maybe it's tied, maybe you're down by a run or two. You don't want to, you know, use one of your big relievers. Maybe you go to Brad Hand to try to get you through an inning or get you through a tough lefty to get through that stretch. And I think that's how you utilize him. But I do think right now, I think Brad Hand is a second lefty on the postseason roster. Now, sticking with the bullpen, there'll be nine, nine bullpen slots available because you're only going to use four starters in the postseason. And those starters are Freed, Strider, Morton, and we'll talk about Elder and Wright in a second. But right now, I'd go with Elder. Those are going to be your four starters in the postseason right now. So you got nine bullpen spots available. And I think there's, there's several different tiers here. In tier one for me right now, it's Iglesias, Minter, Jimenez, Johnson. Those are your, your night shift guys, if you want to label them that. I, I know they probably haven't pitched like that. Some Somebody commented that's the, that they're the, the late night shift. Um, but those are your four guys right now that I'm trusting. You got a lead after five innings. I'm going Johnson, Jimenez, Minter, Iglesias. I'm using those four guys to get through the rest of the game. Those are the guys that I trust the most right now. In that second tier, I put Kirby Yates. You know, he's kind of been in that tier one at times, but I, I just don't fully have that trust with him as much as I do some of those other guys. And then I think Jesse Chavez. If Jesse Chavez, you know, maybe he gets another rehab appearance or two at Gwinnett this week, and then he gets called back up and he proves himself to be like he was earlier in the year, I think he fits right into that tier two mold that you bring him in in the middle of the game or, you know, maybe late in the game if you're losing to try to just keep it right there, but you don't want to use your best guys. I think that's where you use Yates and Chavez. And then in that tier three, this is where things have probably gone bad at this point. You're bringing in Tonkin, you're bringing in Brad Hand and kind of the situations I talked about 
later. You know, for Tonkin, it's more so when a game's kind of out of hand, you know, really one way or the other. But honestly, in the postseason, if you're winning, even if it's out of hand, you're probably going to use your best relievers just to make sure you don't give the other team a chance. But Tonkin's probably going to be your mop-up garbage guy, long reliever in the postseason, kind of like what you saw him do on Monday. And then, like I said, Brad Hand, I'd use him in a specialty situation where, you know, it's the middle of the game. Maybe it's tied down by a run or two. You want to get out a couple of lefties. Maybe you bring in Brad Hand. And then in its own tier, I have Kyle Wright. Uh, there's others that that might look to get this spot. A.J. Smith-Shaver, I hope he gets an opportunity, but I don't know that he's going to get that chance. You know, Vines, Winans, if we see them back up, maybe they become that long reliever type of guy or kind of backup starter, piggyback starter. If something happens with one of your starters early, McHugh, if he's able to come back from injury, I, I didn't have him on the postseason roster even before he got hurt, so I certainly wouldn't at this point. Heller, I think, might get another opportunity. He's had some good outings at AAA. And then Nick Anderson, I don't think he's going to be back in time. But those could be some other guys that maybe get an opportunity or a look in the bullpen here down the stretch. But for right now, my nine guys would be Iglesias, Minter, Jimenez, Johnson, Yates, Chavez, Tonkin, Hand, and Wright. Those would be my nine bullpen guys at this moment. And then in the rotation, I mentioned you got Freed, Strider, Morton, and Elder. Those would be my my guys right now in the rotation. Elder just seems like the safe bet. But I think you got to have a short leash on him and Charlie Morton, honestly. If you get into a start and you know Morton just doesn't have control, I don't know that you can allow him to work through that like you would in a regular season start. And maybe he does, and sometimes we do see that where he struggles with it from inning to inning, but then he finds it and he's able to put together a good outing. But in the postseason, I think you got to have a short leash, especially if you have somebody like Kyle Wright or an A.J. Smith-Shawver behind them that can come in and, and hopefully settle things down if they're on that day. Now, if they're both off, it's just going to be a bad game regardless. But I, I think Elder is the safe bet. I think he can give you a good five innings like he did in Miami where you know he had a rough start but kind of pulled things together and gave you five innings, kept you in the game. And like I said, the team was winning when he left that game. So I, I still think it's going to be Elder. I, I just don't think Wright has enough time. We talked about this a lot more in the first segment. I, I just – He's not stretched out to a full workload yet. I mean, he hasn't even thrown 90 pitches yet. He's got two starts left in the regular season to do that. And, and typically, you want a rehabbing guy to, to get that full workload you know, at the minor league level and then come back to the major leagues and then work on you know, getting acclimated at the big league level, getting better control and command of your stuff. He hasn't even had that chance yet. So I, I just don't think there's going to be enough time for Kyle Wright to prove he belongs in the postseason rotation. I do think he'll be that that backup starter, that ninth man in the bullpen on the postseason roster to come in if if Morton, Elder, hopefully not Strider or Freed, you know, has to come out early because I do think you need to have somewhat of a short leash with both Elder and Morton in the postseason if they just clearly don't have it that day. As far as the bench spots, you look at the spots that are guaranteed, you know, Sean Murphy, Travis Darno, Ozzy Albies, Orlando Arcia. Austin Riley, Matt Olson, Eddie Rosario, Marcelo Zuna, Michael Harris, and Acuna. That's 10 roster spots that are taken. So you got three spots left. And I think these are pretty much locked up at this point. I think it's going to be Pilar, Wall, and Nicky Lopez. You know, Wall is your, your pinch runner, your late game pinch runner if you need it. 
Pilar to be your backup outfielder and Lopez, your backup infielder that can play pretty much all four infield spots. So I, I think the bench is locked up at this point. Other candidates, you know, Luke Williams, who's up right now, Vaughn Grissom, he's back from the injured list. If you want to bring him up to give you another bat um, over the defense that Nicky Lopez provides, then maybe you could do that. But I still think they'll probably go with, with Lopez. They don't really have a dangerous bat off the bench. Now, the one thing that doesn't, you know, doesn't really matter because you're not going to pinch hit for a lot of the Braves hitters. They're so dangerous top to bottom that it's not like you're going to, you know, take out, you know, guys late in the game. The only situation you would do that is if Rosario was coming up and facing a lefty, then you would go to Pilar who hits lefties really well. So that would really be your only pinch hit scenario. So it's not that big of a deal. So I think the bench is pretty set as well with, Pilar, Wall, and Lopez. I think those are going to be your your three guys. So those are your postseason roster battles. We'll see what shakes out the rest of the way. Again, hopefully not, but if some injuries occur, do other guys get an opportunity here? Again, those are just some things to watch here down the stretch for this Braves team as you know they're back in spring training mode. Certainly seems that way with how they're playing, uh, but that is just where the Braves are at right now. They've clinched so early. They've kind of afforded themselves that luxury. So that's what I'm watching here down the stretch. I think the biggest one is the left-handed reliever. You know, does Brad Hand get some more opportunities to prove himself? Does Lucas Litke get a longer look? And what does Kyle Wright look like in his last two starts? Those are the biggest things that I'm watching here down the stretch as far as the postseason roster. Do we get to see A.J. Smith-Shawver? Do we get to see Hurston Waldrop? I don't think so, but do those guys get a shot, you know, to prove maybe they belong in the postseason bullpen, because I think they could be some dangerous weapons. If so, just don't know if the Braves trust them with where they are, you know, just being young guys in that spot. All right, next, we'll turn our attention to Tuesday's game, where the Braves will try to end that four-game losing streak, and they got the pitcher on the mound to help them do that in Spencer Strider. We'll discuss that next. Don't get caught unprepared when disaster strikes. Make sure you have emergency medication ready. Jace Medical can help you be prepared. Their Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. I ordered mine the other day. The process is super simple. All it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form. And in some cases, not mine, you'll have to have a quick call with a board-certified physician. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using my code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Braves and Phillies continue their series on Tuesday night at 7.20 p.m. Eastern. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Braves. A little bit of news for Monday. I already mentioned Lucas Litke was up. Derek Rodriguez sent down as the Braves continue to just filter through their pitchers there at AAA. We'll see if Litke survives the day or if he gets optioned for another pitcher. And then also a little bit of good news, even though the Braves lost, they did clinch a uh, first round bye in the postseason. So, you know, that's obviously good news. I know <laughs> maybe some people don't like that bye. I certainly don't like the five days off. Um, it's not great, but again, I think you'd much rather be in the position that the Braves are in right now, having already clinched, having already locked up a first round bye. 
I think most teams would agree that's the spot that you want to be in. So Braves already know they're going to get that first round bind. They can just get healthy and set themselves up for the NLDS. Now on game two, setting themselves up to hopefully end a four-game losing streak, it'll be Christian Sanchez or uh, versus Spencer Strider in this one. Should be a good matchup. Sanchez was really good last time against the Braves. He uh, gave up four runs but struck out 10. And I'm sorry, I said Christian. It's Christopher Sanchez. He's been sneaky good for the Phillies this year, a 3-4-0 ERA, a 1.05 whip, just about a strikeout per inning. And again, I thought he was really solid against the Braves last time. Seven and a third innings. Did give up eight hits, one walk, four earned, but struck out 10. And he's really good at getting the ball on the ground, get that sinker ball. So uh, we'll see if the Braves can do a little bit better against him this time. Maybe knock him out a little bit early, put up, put up another big number on him. As for Spencer Strider, he's owned the Phillies in the regular season in his career. We'll see if that can continue. I think he's 7-0 and against them in six starts and one appearance. So, Again, Braves are trying to end a four-game losing streak. It seems like the perfect situation to get it done, but as baseball you know, often will remind us, things don't always go as you might expect. But again, looking forward to Strider getting back out there, hopefully having another dominant performance. We'd love to see another double-digit performance as he tries to break John Smoltz's single-season franchise record for strikeouts. Uh, thought the Braves might skip Strider in this one so that he doesn't see the Phillies again because – there's a chance that you see him again in a couple of weeks in the postseason, but I think with the success that he's had against them, they are still fighting for postseason spots. So you don't want to just, you know, throw a bullpen game out there and somewhat hand them a win while they are fighting for the postseason. So good to see Strider out there. Hopefully, again, he has a great performance because you're going to need him. Uh, he's going to be one of your, your number two starters with he and Freed. So want to see them go out and dominate against a really good team and try to end this losing streak for the Braves. Again, it'll be the Braves and the Phillies on Tuesday at 7.20 p.m. Eastern. It'll be Sanchez versus Strider. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Braves. That will do it for this episode of Locked on Braves. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of each and every day. If you're an everydayer, let me know down in the comment section below on YouTube. Let me know where you listen from. Uh, let me know what time you listen. I like to, to know all of that and give you a shout out there as well. Make sure you follow us on social media at Shortstop Ball and at Lockdown underscore Braves. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 